Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. This is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to WBC Central. My name is Sean Spradling. This is a Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Um, today is April 11th. We are in a the full swing of things with the regular season. We got Major League Baseball, NPB, the KBO, CPBL is happening. Mexican League starting soon. The Dutch League has already started. Um, the Czech League has already began. Czech Extra Liga. So baseball all around the world is happening. Uh, WBC is over, but we got plenty of baseball year long. Um, we're kind of cruising through things right now, just coasting through the season. Um, it's already like two, two weeks into the season for Major League Baseball, so uh, it's been a lot of fun. Today, I thought I would do a fun recap of kind of the stats, the, the, the numbers of the 2023 WBC. So I wanted to go over the statistic leaders from the Classic this year. Um, there's a lot of players that you, you probably know. Shohei Otani led in a lot of categories, or at least was at the top of most, both hitting and pitching categories. Uh, but then maybe some names that you probably aren't familiar with um, or didn't realize they led in certain categories during the WBC. So that's why I kind of wanted to go over this because um, we didn't really get to do a statistical breakdown. It's not going to be super in-depth. I'm not going into like um, any of the, the, the like super advanced metrics, um, just kind of the overarching basic stats for baseball era um ops home runs things like that so yeah we can go ahead and start i wanted to first go over the all world baseball classic team for 2023 uh just kind of give us an overview of kind of the top performers from the classic um some of these guys led in some of these categories that we're going to go over others didn't um but a lot of them i mean they all had incredible performances in the world baseball classic um so if you're looking at 
And you can find this on my Twitter. You can find it on the WBC Twitter themselves, on WBC's website. Um, but they did release an all-world baseball classic team for 2023. Now, this is not my selections. Some of these players I would have maybe changed, but most of these players were the top performers of uh, of their category, um, of their position. So, yeah, if you're looking at the team, uh, if you go around the diamond, uh, starting at catcher, Salvador Perez behind the plate, Yu Chang at first base, Javier Baez at second, Trey Turner at shortstop, Juan Moncada at third base, left field Randy Rosarena, or I guess outfield, uh, outfield Randy Rosarena, Mike Trout, and Masataki Yoshida. So a lot of those guys were the face of the WBC the whole time. Uh, maybe a couple guys that uh, were a little more under the radar. Uh, Yu Chang. I don't think a lot of people realized how dominant he was during the WBC. He had some incredible moments, incredible home runs. Um, but since they were, they, they didn't advance out of the pool stage. We didn't get to see too much of him. Uh, same with Salvador Perez. Um, he had a great, uh, a great WBC, WBC behind the plate and uh, at the dish. So glad that he got that. Maybe his last time to play in the WBC. I don't know if he'll be able to in the next WBC. He might be too old. I'm not sure. Um, but. Oh, and then DH, of course, Shohei Otani. And that's a good transition into the pitcher side of things. Also Shohei Otani. He was named to the team twice, both for DH and for uh, pitcher. The other pitchers along with Otani were Patrick Sandoval and Miguel Romero, who Romero will definitely be talking about later in this episode. But that's the all-world baseball classic team. Guys like Trout, Rosarena, Yoshida, obviously Trey Turner with his moments, his grand slam and everything. Um, those are some guys that we'll, we'll forever remember in the 2023 World Baseball Classic. And so I'm glad that they were immortalized into this team. Um, again, not the team that I named. Um, this is the team that the World Baseball Classic voters named. Um, and I think it's mostly accurate for, for the most part. Maybe a second base. Um, I think Javier Baez had a really good performance, but Edward Julian was really good. Um, we'll talk about him later as well. So that's the World Baseball Classic team, the all WBC team for 2023. So now let's get into the statistic leaders for the 2023 World Baseball Classic. So we'll start on the pitching side. Let's start with ERA. The 2023 World Baseball Classic ERA leaders. So there were five pitchers. Now, it's hard because... At most, it was only seven games. So it's not like we have a huge uh, amount of innings that these pitchers pitched. Uh, but there were five pitchers that did not allow a run. Five starting pitchers uh, that did not allow a single run. Those were Noah Skiro for Canada, Park C. Wong for Korea, Humberto Mejia for Panama, Dean Kramer, Israel, Christian Javier, Dominican Republic, Harold Arauz for Panama, and then Jose de Leon for Puerto Rico. And that one, by far, was the most impressive of all of them. All of those guys were lights out in their starts. Um, they all had really good performances. But Jose de Leon was the one that rose above the rest. And the reason for that is because he didn't allow a single run. But not only that, he didn't allow any hits or any walks. 5.2 perfect innings. 10 Ks followed by a perfect bullpen performance as well. So technically, it was a full game of perfect no hit 
no walk, no one got on base innings. Um, now, we can argue whether it was an actual perfect game or not. It was announced that it was a perfect game initially, um, but since it ended in eight innings, uh, I don't think the scorer keepers actually ruled it an official perfect game. But <laughs> they asked Jose De Leon after the game, they were like, so it's only went eight innings. Do you consider it an actual perfect game? And he was like, it doesn't matter to me. Like it was a perfect game to me and to us, this team. So that's all that matters. So yeah, the fact that, I mean, it was just a ridiculous performance by him. 5.2 perfect innings, 10 Ks. Uh, Jose De Leon was the, had the start of the tournament and one of the best starts in WBC history. It was incredible. Um, so those are the five pitchers that led the WBC and ERA. Not any of those five allowed a single run in their starts. So of course there were a couple, um, relievers that did the same, but they didn't start games. They pitched like an inning. So I didn't include them in this. Move on to the, uh, innings pitched leaders. So the pitchers that pitched the most innings, there were four pitchers that tied for second with nine innings pitched. Uh, Rowanis Elias for Cuba, Lance Lynn, USA, Marcus Stroman, Puerto Rico, Julio Urias for Mexico. Um, all those guys pitched more than one start and uh, all those guys were starting pitchers and all pitched nine innings. Uh, the WBC leader, however, pitched 9.2 innings over three games, probably know his name, two starts and one closer appearance, got the save in the WBC final, it was Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani had the most innings pitched of any player in the WBC, 9.2 innings pitched. So, of course, everybody's going to rem- remember his performance, especially in that uh, that closer appearance <laughs> in the final against Team USA to win the WBC. We'll move on to strikeouts. So, the strikeout leaders for pitchers, uh, tied for third place, we'll go top three because there were a couple of players tied for third place, tied for third place and third is second, uh, or, or I guess tied for third and the second place, uh, we're all on team Japan, but tied for third, Roki Sasaki and Shohei Otani, both at 11 Ks, uh, in their, in their appearances, uh, total. So second place, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So like I said, all three of those guys, Samurai Japan pitchers, um, which shows how dominant, <laughs> Japan was pitching in this tournament. I mean, uh, we were talking about it for months before the WEC. If not the best, they were at least tied for the best heading into the WBC um, before the rosters were announced in the pitching department. But after the Dominican pitchers had to drop out um, and USA didn't get their top guys, a couple of them, their pitchers had to drop out as well. Japan was far and away the team with the best starting pitching. So not surprised there at all. Roki Sasaki, Shohei Otani, at 11 strikeouts, Yoshinobu Yamamoto at second with 12 strikeouts in 7.1 innings pitched. But the leader in strikeouts for the WBC, which was a shock to me um, until I look back on it, maybe to you as well, wasn't from Team USA, wasn't from Japan or Mexico. Um, none of, I mean, probably none of the guys that you would expect, but Miguel Romero for Cuba. He led the entire WBC with strikeouts with 13 Ks. He was 2-0 with 13 Ks, two earned runs over 8.2 innings pitched. Um, he was dominant. He was a stud. Uh, his stuff was incredible throughout the tournament. Uh, he looked really, really good. It's also the most Ks, so most strikeouts in a single WBC in Cuban national team history. So not the most ever by a player of any team, but Cuban national team history is pretty rich in the WBC. They've had some very 
um, very deep runs in the WBC. So the fact that he now has the most 13 Ks in a single WBC is pretty incredible. So Miguel Romero, most strikeouts in this WBC. So those are all the stats I wanted to go over on the pitching side of things. Um, it's kind of hard to do like, I mean, saves. There were a couple guys, there were like five or six guys that got two saves. Actually, you know what? I'll go ahead and pull that up because that is kind of notable, actually. So if we go to the pitching uh, saves, there were one, two, three, four players that had two saves. Uh, so that includes Sung Chia Hao for Chinese Taipei or Taiwan. Ryan Presley for Team USA, Giovanni Gallegos for Mexico, and Wendell Florenis for uh, the Kingdom of the Netherlands. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty impressive that uh, Sung Chia Hao and Wendell Florenis got those uh, both for Taiwan and Netherlands in just four games. Um, or four, uh, they since neither of those teams made it out of the pool stage was what I'm trying to say. Uh, Mexico and USA both did, uh, so they had more opportunities to close, but. Um, yeah, Giovanni Gallegos had three opportunities to save. Unfortunately, he did not get one of those. Um, but yeah, those four players led with two saves. Like I said, the rest of the the stats are kind of hard to go by. Like whip. I mean, there's just too many pitchers that um that were in relief appearances. Um, like how many I don't want to go like we can talk about walks, I guess, but um Zhang Wang, he led in walks. But other than that, like, uh, no, there were no complete games, no shutouts, no one pitched a full game, uh, hits. There just weren't enough innings to like fully record like all these, um, any, any other stats, like wins, bunch of players just got two wins or one win. So, um, yeah, those are the like the main pitching statistics, statistics I wanted to go over ERA. Innings pitched in case. Now, on the offensive side of things, there was a couple more categories I wanted to go over. So we'll move on to hitting. We'll move on to the offensive side of things. As I take a drink of water. All right. So on the offensive side of things, let's start out with home runs. That's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> uh, that is what is the, one of the most exciting parts about baseball. So there were 17 people. <laughs> tied for third place with two home runs. So I'm not going to go over all those players. Um, but in second place was someone who also didn't make it out of the pool stage of the WBC, which is pretty surprising. Um, but Ha Song Kim was second place in home runs with three home runs um, in just four games in the WBC. So pretty impressive that he was able to <laughs> to do that in uh, in his limited amount of games um, but yeah, so three home runs for him. He had six RBI actually didn't have a great average at all. He only hit 188, but because of his three home runs, his OPS was over a thousand for those four games. So, um, a pretty funny slash line for him, uh, hitting below the Mendoza line, but having an OPS over a thousand. So, um, he was runner up in home runs with three, but the leader, and I'm sure a lot of you can guess it because it seemed like every day he was hitting a home run in the WBC. Mr. America, the one of the biggest moments in WBC history and Team USA history, Trey Turner led the WBC with five home runs. And that was in six games, I believe. Yep, six games. So he only played in six games, had five home runs, almost a home run a game. So 
absolutely dominant. He was one of the most fun players to watch in the World Baseball Classic. I already kind of liked Trey Turner before, just like watching him play, but I'm like, um, I like him so much more now. Just like he just dominated and he you could tell he loved playing for Team USA. The energy, the intensity he had was was so much fun to watch, seeing the team rally around him and uh, him be all energetic, jumping up and down every home run was awesome. So yeah, the biggest home runs that obviously we're going to remember, um, he had one versus Japan in the second inning off of Shota Imanaga in the WBC final. Um, that was huge. Um, of course, USA lost that game, but it was still a massive moment to start that game to give USA an opportunity uh, to win the game. Um, but the biggest one by far, and one of the biggest moments in WBC history, Team USA history in the WBC. And honestly, I'm not saying it's the top moment by any means, but one of the top moments, I would say, top tier in any sport of Team USA history, any US national team, this was this was a top moment. <laughs> Against Venezuela in the eighth inning in the quarterfinals, Bases loaded, two strikes, down by two. He absolutely unloads on a pitch to hit a grand slam. Down by two for multiple innings, I believe. Um, USA was able to come back from th- with that hit to go ahead and beat Venezuela to make it to the WBC semifinal. Talk about like just absolutely clutch. It was the eighth inning, bases loaded. Two strikes. It was ridiculous. I was jumping up and down. I know Twitter went absolutely insane. Definitely one of the top moments of this WBC and any WBC, like I said. Um, But that was his biggest home run. One of five that he had in this tournament. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So yeah, that's home runs. Let's go on to hits. Um, there were five players tied at 10 hits. Um, so I'll go ahead and name all of those because they led the WBC, which is funny that five players had had the WBC, the, the tournament lead this year. Uh, those five players were Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, Joey Meneses, Juan Mancada, and Shohei Otani, of course. Um, Nolan Arenado and Mookie Betts on Team USA, uh, Joey Meneses for Mexico, Yohan Moncada for Cuba, and Otani for Japan. Moncada and Meneses did it in only six games, which is pretty pretty impressive. Uh, the others did it in seven. So, um, yeah, I, it's good for them. They got 10 hits in six games, both for Cuba and Mexico. Um, both of them made it to the WBC semifinals, but not to the final. Um, Otani won WBC MVP. I mean, he led in hits. He led in a lot of other categories, so not surprising there. One thing I didn't, uh, I also wanted to note, um, Mookie Betts, 10 hits, but only one of those was an extra base hit. All nine others were singles. Um, So he also had, he he had a funny stat line, slash line, if you look at it. His OPS was only uh, 668, but he hit over 300 uh, with those 10 hits. He actually also only struck out once. So super odd, um, odd slash line. His OPS and his average were almost the same, even though he hit over 
uh, he, he led the, the WBC in hits. So that was super interesting. And there were a bunch of players that had nine hits. So I won't go over all of those, but those were the five players that led in hits at 10 hits over the span of the WBC. Let's go on to RBI. Uh, there were tied for fourth. Um, I'll do, I'll do the top four, including like the, the two that were tied for fourth, um, were in, in fourth place, Shohei Otani and Yu Chang at eight RBI. Otani did it in, uh, in seven games. Yu Chang did it in only four games. And that's what I mean by he dominated this WBC. He only had four games to do it. Um, unfortunately, and I'm, I was so sad about this. Taiwan, uh, was eliminated and relegated down to qualifiers. So the next WBC in 2026, they're going to have to requalify for the WBC in 2025. So hopefully they do. So I don't think they'll have a problem too. But if they do, I would assume that Yu Chang is on that team as well. Again, hopefully though he'll he'll get more opportunities to play more than four games. But eight RBI in four games is pretty ridiculous. Otani eight RBI as well in seven games. In third place, Randy Rosarena had nine RBI. Um, one of the faces of the entire WBC, not surprising there. Second place, Trey Turner with all his home runs. He hit 11 RBI. And then to lead not only this WBC, not only Team Japan, but the most in a single WBC in World Baseball Classic history, Masataki Yoshida had 13 RBI in seven games, which is absurd. <laughs> that is the most just ahead of Vladimir Valentin. Uh, who had 12 in 2017, and Tycoon Kim with Korea uh, with 11 RBI in 2009. So 13 is the most of any WBC ever. It is an absolutely historic performance. Didn't have the highest um, like OPS or didn't have as many home runs, but he just he just scored, I mean, 13 RBI. He was just a run scoring machine. So a big, big, big reason why Samurai Japan was able to make it to the final. Um Ironic enough, he actually don't think he got a hit in the final, but up to that point, there was a case to be made that he would be their MVP. Couldn't give it to anybody but Shohei Otani in the end, though. But um, yeah, absolute historic performance for Masataki Yoshida, both for Samurai Japan and World Baseball Classic history, most RBIs ever. So, yep, let's move on to... um, Walks. So who led the 2023 World Baseball Classic in walks? There were three. Uh, the top three, actually, were all Samurai Japan because they love to walk. They have incredible plate discipline. They're very, they're very disciplined at the plate. So um, tied for second, I guess. Uh, let's see. Yeah. You know what? Top three were all in Samurai Japan. Goldschmidt and a Rosarena were were the other two uh, in the top five. So we'll go top five. Rainier Rosarena, six walks in six games. Paul Goldschmidt at, in fourth place, uh, seven in seven games, seven walks in seven games. I was super happy for Goldschmidt. He did a lot better this WBC than the last WBC. He didn't get much opportunity to play in 2017 because uh, Eric Cosmer kind of went on a tear. So really happy for Goldie. Seven walks in seven games. Tied for second place, Kensuke Kondo and Kazuma Okamoto, both for Samurai Japan. They had eight walks in seven games. And then to lead the WBC, none other than Shohei Otani. In seven games, he drew 10 walks. 
two of those were intentional walks as well. So no other player had more than one. So pretty remarkable. (laughs) He just kept getting on base. No one wanted to pitch to him. Um, Pitching around him intentionally or not. Ten walks in in the WBC. And this ties for the lead. um, Or or, or Otani tied for the league in hits and walks. And pitching was one of the most dominant pitchers. So, again, makes sense why he won the WBC MVP. Um, Yeah. Let's move on to strikeouts, which isn't as fun of a category to talk about. But there was, I mean probably one of the biggest storylines for me going into an at-bat we'll talk about was the strikeout leader. So top three um, in third place was that's two top five tied for fourth and fifth. Kensuke Kondo, Julio Rodriguez both had nine strikeouts. Um, Kensuke Kondo had it in seven games. J-Rod only had it in four games. So nine Ks in four games is not great. Um, the nice thing is he's super young. He will no doubt be starting in the outfield, right in center field for Dominican Republic come 2026. So I would fully expect him to have a much better WBC that time around. And I'm I'm confident they're making it out of the pool stage next time. So it's not going to be the only time. This isn't going to be the end of his uh, WB stats, but he did not have a great time at the plate in 2023. Um, Kensuke Kondo had a lot of runs. Had a good amount of hits. He was second with ninth, uh, right behind the lead, the, the WBC lead, but he had a lot of strikeouts as well. In third place, Alan Trejo for Mexico. He had 10 uh, and six games. And then second place was Mike Trout. I didn't realize how many strikeouts he had in the WBC. That was kind of shocking to me. Um, but in seven games, 12 Ks. So, I mean, he still had a 962 OPS, so it didn't affect him too much, but that's still a ton of Ks. And then to lead the WBC... And this is what this is the at-bat I wanted to talk about. The WBC leader in strikeouts at the plate was Munetaka Murakami with 13 Ks in seven games. I tweeted this out the night that Team Japan was playing Mexico in the semifinals. Going into the ninth inning, uh, we knew that Munetaka Murakami was going to get his bat. Uh, there was a runner, there was two runners on base right before he walked up to bat. I tweeted this out. I said, if there was ever a moment, no, if there was ever a player that was due for a massive moment, it would be Munetaka Murakami right now. That's what I tweeted. (laughs) You can look it up. Um, one of my favorite tweets, honestly, because of what happened right after that. The reason I said that is because not only did he lead the WBC in strikeouts, he had not looked good at all in the WBC. He didn't look good in the WBC uh, games before, like the exhibition games and the pre-classic warm-up games. Uh, And he didn't even look good to end the season in MPB last year, from what I understand. So it had been a couple-month stretch that he did not look like himself. So I was thinking, man, this is a player that is due. He is known as maybe probably the best bat in in Japan right now, has been ice cold the last week, last two weeks, and the last couple months, um, led all players in strikeouts at the plate. So thankfully, even though he led in strikeouts, he was able to come through in that moment. Um, I was just, I was so happy for him. Obviously, I was sad for Mexico, but 
I was so happy to see him pull through. The team had rallied around him, had kept encouraging him um, throughout the WBC, and he was able to pull through with the walk off um, in one of the most, again, one of the most incredible, biggest moments in WBC history. That walk off was unbelievable. Um, just because of the the situation it was, Mexico was the hottest team in the WBC up to that point, honestly. And um, he just didn't look good, so I was really happy for him. Then he followed up with another home with a home run in the in the WBC final. So he ended on a, on a hot note and already has hit, I believe, two home runs in the uh, in NPB this season. Um, so he's back to being the Munetaka Murakami that we know. Um, excited to see him the rest of the season. All right, let's go on to doubles. Uh, doubles is kind of a fun one to look at um, because there are a couple players that we haven't talked about quite yet. We look at the the league leader in doubles. We got one, two, three, four players that had the tied for second with with four doubles. Got Salvador Perez, who was the catcher on the All World Baseball Classic team. Shohei Otani with four for Japan. Yoan Moncada for Cuba, and Kensuke Kondo with Japan as well. So all those players had four doubles um, in somewhere between four to seven games. Salvador Perez had four doubles in four games. That's pretty dominant. Um, he was great. But the team, the player that led <laughs> that led the WBC in uh, doubles was Randy Rosarena with six. In six games, he had six doubles. Um, so makes sense why we fell in love with him <laughs> during during the WBC. He just absolutely dominated at the plate. He had nine hits, six of them were doubles, and one was a home run. So only two hits he he had in the WBC were not for extra bases. Um, but not only did he dominate at the plate, obviously he had all of those. Uh, those incredible plays in the outfield uh, at the wall, robbing people of home runs and just making incredible plays. And then not to mention his crossed arms celebration that has taken Mexico and Twitter and other sports even by storm. <laughs> so um, it's kind of funny because I'd, I've said this previously, but I think this stat kind of helps reiterate it. Randy Rosarena <laughs> for one week, we got Shohei Otani, obviously, but for one week, Randy Rosarena became the face of baseball. He was all anyone was talking about on baseball Twitter for like that week uh, leading up to the semifinal. So, of course, Shohei Otani won MVP, but Randy was just electric. And I wish I had another word to use because we've been saying electric for everything <laughs> during the WBC, um, rightfully so. But he was just, he was incredible. He was so much fun to watch, signing autographs over the over the outfield fence, Six doubles, incredible plays in the outfield. Um, little league teams in Mexico up to um, Liga MX uh, soccer team players, soccer players, all doing his his cross arm celebration. So super cool. Um, just his story playing for the Mexican team and just to see kind of the baseball world surround him and fall in love with him. That was a ton of fun. So that was doubles and got two more. Categories I wanted to go over, stolen bases is the next one. So let's go ahead and go over this is top three, top three, because there was a lot of players with two stolen bases, but tied for second, uh, second and third, tied for second with three stolen bases, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Tetsuda Yamada. Uh, Acuna for Venezuela, Tetsuda Yamada for Japan. Um, both players had three stolen bases. Yamada did it in six games. Ronald Acuna did it in five. But the WBC leader, and this is one of the craziest stats, honestly, of all of these. Um, 
just unbelievable performance. And I was so upset because I got to interview him, but my mic didn't work in person. With five stolen bases in four games, Chavez Young for Great Britain. So now we can always forever say that Great Britain is in in the history books for the WBC, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Chavez Young, five stolen bases, tied for all-time WBC record in one WBC. Uh, no, this is for all, for all WBC combined. Chavez Young is tied for the lead, all WBC history with five stolen bases. And he did it in a single WBC. He ties all time with uh, Tsuyoshi Nishioka uh, in Japan, who did it in eight games. Chavez Young only did it in four. Um, and so, I mean, he just, I think he had three against Canada, three of the five, or at least two. I, I think he had three against Canada, including stealing home against Canada, which was the first time someone has ever stolen home base, uh, home plate in the WBC. So Chavez Young with a historic performance again on the base paths at this time. Um, so he's incredible. He's dynamic, again, electric. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, hopefully he gets a, a chance to make it up to the bigs, but um, he will forever be known as a Great Britain legend in the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Now he's in the history books. He was awesome. And like I said, I was so upset. This is a story I haven't told yet, but Chavez Young was the first player that I interviewed when I was in person in Phoenix uh, for the WBC. And I was so nervous because <laughs> I've never done interviews in person. Uh, so I didn't know how to do them. And I went up to some friends, uh, people that I met there in person. I was like, how do you do this? Do you just walk up to a player? Like, I want to have the right etiquette. I didn't, I wanted to be respectful. I didn't know the right times to interview these players. Like when, when it's okay to, when we can go on the field, uh, who we can talk to, who we need to like clear it with. And they were like, yeah, you can just go up to players if they're uh, done with BP and just go ask them if they want to talk for a couple minutes. So I, I finally got the courage to, to do that after seeing a couple of other people do it. I went up to Chavez Young because I knew he was like very relatable, very easy to talk to. Went up to him and I was like, hey man, um, do you have like a minute or two? I'd love to ask you some questions. And it was a great interview. He's like, yeah, sure. Uh, it was a great interview. <laughs> I had the little mini mic and he like held it up to his mouth and he just talked about the mini mic for like the first minute and just how much he loved it and <laughs> how funny it was to him. So um, for the, the interview, was super excited to talk about it. Uh, talk about his baseball background and what this means to him and his family in Great Britain uh, and the Bahamas uh, since he is Bahamian. And... Uh, yeah, got to the end of that that interview, thanked him, left, went to go try to replay it back, and it the audio didn't record. I like didn't turn on the mic right or something, and I was so upset. So the first time I finally got an interview, I didn't get the audio. But oh well, I got plenty of others after that that I'm sure many of you saw. Um, but that was that was a bummer because he ended up, that was before any of the games and he ended up having a historic WBC. So good for him, excited for him, uh, happy for him and Great Britain. Uh, now we can move on to the last. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I... Uh... I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. 
category on on the offensive side of things. OPS. I wanted to go over OPS so that we didn't have to split it up into three average on base percentage slugging because that'd just be too much um, with not enough, not a big enough sample size. So OPS leaders for the 2023 World Baseball Classic. And I'm pretty sure unless you've already looked this up, you're going to be surprised at the number one. So number five, Trey Turner, he slashed 391, 440, uh, and then 1,043. Uh, so total of 1,483. He was incredible. All his home runs. He only hit three. I mean, only. He hit 391, which is lower than most of the other guys, all the other guys in the top five. But um, <laughs> the slugging percentage of over 1,000 is what really did it with all his home runs, five home runs in the WBC to lead the tournament. Uh, number four, Tyler O'Neill for Canada. He hit 615, 722, 769. So a 615 um, average was was pretty incredible. Of the players that played in four or more games, that was the most. It led the WBC. There were players that played in three that had more than that. But on 13 at-bats, he hit hit 615. So for a total of an OPS of uh, 1491 in fourth place. Third place for Dominican Republic. Juan Soto, he had 400, 500, 1,000 for a total of 1,500. Um, he had a really good WBC. Again, it only it ended in four games, unfortunately. No one expected that. But he is just like J-Rod, incredibly young. He will absolutely no doubt be in the outfield for, for the Dominican Republic come 2026. So we'll, we'll, we'll see him hit some more bombs in the WBC, I am confident. Second place, the face of baseball for a week, Randy Rosarena. He hit 450, 607, 900 for a total of 1507. All those doubles really helped him out. Uh, his slugging percentage was pretty high because of that. Um, even though he didn't hit, I don't believe he hit too many home runs, um, but he hit 450 uh, with a 900, um, with a 900 slugging percentage. So pretty dominant, 1507 in second place. But the number one, the player that led the WBC in OPS, and he didn't make the all-world baseball classic team. Talked about this before at the beginning of the episode. It was Edward Julian for Canada. He slashed 538, 667, 1154. <laughs> he had two home runs and two doubles. Um, so that really gets the uh the slugging percentage up. But a but an 1154 slugging percentage is absurd. That's higher than Trey Turner with his five home runs. Uh, hit five. His average was 538 too. So he was cruising through four games. Um, they didn't make it out of the pool stage, so he didn't get it to to capitalize that on uh, on that anymore. Um, but he, I mean, four games, seven hits over those four games, two home runs, two walks, five, two uh, doubles, and five walks. So it's on on base percentage was sky high too. Um, so. He probably had, I mean, he had one of the best performances at the plate of any player in the WBC, and he's still super young. So um, really excited to see him play in the future. He's only 23 years old. Hopefully, I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I expect him to start it at second base for multiple WBCs in the future for Team Canada. Born in Canada, um, no doubt he'll want to play in the future. Looked like he had a lot of fun, and he did incredible. So in four uh, uh, or uh, in a couple of games, I'm not sure how many, in AAA, his OPS is already over a th- uh, over 900 uh, for this season that's just started over the last week. So he should be getting the call up soon. I know he's supposed to do this uh, this next season or this season. So yeah, that's all the, the players that I wanted to go over, all the stat, the statistic categories that I wanted to talk about. There's any other 
stats you wanted me to go over, I can totally do that. But again, the sample size is pretty small, so there isn't much more to go over. But it was a blast. Um, yeah. Obviously, the highlights, Shohei Otani, Randy Rosarena. Um, I mean, you got Yoshinobu Yamamoto up there in strikeouts. You got uh, all those guys on Japan with those walks. Um, Goldschmidt finally getting to, getting to uh, play well in the WBC and get his opportunity. Um, Munitaka Murakami with all those strikeouts still pulling through in the end. Super clutch. Trey Turner, absolutely dominant performance. Uh, Kunya, Tetsuro Yamada with three stolen bases. Chavez Young, all-time stolen base leader, tied uh, for the league, the uh, WBC lead. So it was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of great performances. A lot to talk about in the history books. But that's all that we wanted, I wanted to go over today. Um, feel free to reach out anytime. Going to be kind of cruising uh, through this WBC content, international baseball content. If you want me to do anything like specific on the podcast, feel free to let me know on my Twitter. Um, but yeah, for now, we're just kind of, like I said, kind of cruising, following Major League Baseball, NPB, the KBO, CPBL, uh, as much as I can. Uh, and all other leagues if possible. Send me all the content that you want me to cover. Um, any tweets that you see, I would love to share them uh, to help exposure with baseball in all countries around the world. So that's all we're covering today. Um, like I said, feel free to reach out. Let me know if you have any questions. If you want to talk about anything specific, I would love to. Next episode, I think I'm going to be covering Samurai Japan, kind of congratulating them on their win, their historic performance, undefeated, only the second team in WBC history to go undefeated throughout the WBC. So look forward to that. Probably going to have a special guest as well. So yeah, y'all have a great night, great day, great morning. Whenever you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, feel free to subscribe. Um, would love for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can just subscribe to the podcast. Baseball isn't boring on all streaming platforms. Um, Rob, Coop, they all do a great job over there. And I'm super blessed to be able to have my podcast on their network. Um, it's been a ton of fun and I can't thank them enough. So yeah, feel free to reach out on Twitter at Sean underscore Spradling. My TikTok is at Sean Spradling. Y'all have a great day. Bye-bye.